This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education. Welcome to CBO Speaks, a podcast from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is for you to gain greater insight into the challenges and rewards of the Chief Business Officer role. Find out more from today's episode at www.nakubo.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for being here today. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and I'm very excited to be joined today by Randy Gensler, who is Vice President for Finance and Administration and Treasurer at Loyola University, Maryland, and also Nakubo Board Chair. Welcome, Randy. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and look forward to our conversation. So you've been on the CBO track for well over 20 years. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you were first introduced to higher education as a career path? When I was a senior in uh, college, the then uh, chief business officer uh, came into my uh, uh, senior level accounting course and indicated that he was looking for an internship for a general accounting position and that uh, if the individual was selected, uh, they would receive free tuition and then have the opportunity to move into a, a full-time position. That seemed of interest to me because I had you know, done an internship in public accounting uh, the year before, so I got a kind of a feel for what's involved in, in public accounting and, and thought about the nonprofit opportunity. Uh, so I, I applied and I was hired into that position uh, and spent uh, about a year and a half after I graduated uh, in the, uh, the accounting role uh, at, the, uh, at the college uh, doing you know fixed asset inventory, general ledger accounting, bank reconciliations, uh, fixed asset inventory, and those you know general accounting functions that uh, that you do as you as you begin your career. I then moved into uh, an opportunity I had to move into the healthcare industry and became accounting uh, manager uh, in the in the healthcare for a, uh, a local hospital. Spent several years there, and then I was actually called by the CBO that offered me the internship and said we're looking for to hire a business manager uh, to run the accounting and the business operation of the university because he had become treasurer uh, and uh, wanted to know if I was interested in coming back and. Uh, at that point in time, I realized that you know what, higher ed is a is a is a uh, cool place to be, and you know what we do for uh, serving the students and allowing opportunities for um, you know uh, individuals to go out and be successful in the world, knowing that that you know you play a part in supporting that experience they have while they're on campus. I went back as the uh, as the business manager. Uh, and then uh, a new uh, chief business officer uh, came in, and we worked together for a number of years. Uh, really developed a strong uh, relationship, uh, professional working relationship, and friendship. And then uh, he had an opportunity to go to Philadelphia University as the uh, vice president, and he brought me along as the, uh, as, the as a controller. Uh, with the opportunity, uh, which he encouraged me to go on and complete my MBA, knowing that you know the higher ed industry is where I thought I wanted to spend my time and my career, uh, so I made the change, went there as controller, and uh, completed my MBA. And uh, 
he had left as the uh, chief business officer at Philadelphia University, and because of the work that I did uh, at the uh, at the university, working closely with the president, putting in new initiatives, uh, when he left, I was actually offered the uh, chief business officer's position, and then from there, I spent 16 years working with uh, Jim Gallagher, who's the president and had a tenure of over over 20 years, and it was a very exciting time. Uh, you know, tremendous amount of growth at the university, and uh, it was just a very, uh, very uh, rewarding opportunity to be part of a transformation of, of a of a of a uh, university. Wow, that's fantastic! Sounds like higher education didn't let you get too far out of its sights, did it? No, it didn't. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's again, it, you you work hard, you you're you're dedicated, and uh, you do what it, you know what it takes to get the job done, and 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 you're rewarded for those. Uh, you know those commitments that you make to an industry, and again, it's I just find it to be, you know, professionally and personally rewarding, and um, have found it to be a, a great place to spend my career. Is that a career trajectory you would recommend to other folks who are considering the CBO role to hit it right out of college, maybe start on the accounting track, and and never look back? I mean, is there is there diversity enough for you as a CBO now looking back on your career? I, I think there's a number of different paths one can take. Uh, I mean, certainly you can, you know, uh, after graduating, you go on, you know, work for a public accounting firm and get a, you know, a, a general accounting and auditing type of background. And then you can just, you know, stay within within the industry or progress within the industry. For me, in order to advance myself, I had to you know, change, you know, schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've always worked for small private institutions. So to advance my career and, and, and move up, you know, I had to, you know, I had to, you know, change, you know, schools and, and, and take advantage of opportunities. Uh, so I think there's, I think there's multiple ways you can get there. I think the important thing is, is, is the professional development and professional growth uh, aspect of, of one's career. And, and I think if you seek out, you know, the uh, right professional uh, opportunities. Uh, attach yourself to a mentor. Uh, I had uh, a mentor uh, very early on in my career, uh, and uh, basically provided me with the insights of what it will take to be a chief business officer, what types of characteristics uh, you will need, and and strengths, and and how you maneuver uh, within you know within an organization. So I think you know having the right mentor, uh, have, being on the right professional development track, which you know for me, uh, Ikubo, the Eastern Association of College and University Business Officers, as well as at the national level, Nakubo, uh, provided me uh, over the years uh, many opportunities to stay on top of the industry trends and changes. Uh, and also, uh, very early on in my career, I was encouraged to participate in these organizations. And I've had uh, leadership roles in, in, in both organizations, which has also been very uh, professionally and uh, personally rewarding. I want to talk a little bit more about that mentorship piece, because it strikes me that it's a very s- strong part of higher education. So when you talk about your professional mentors, and I'm sure you've had more than one, how did that relationship develop? Was that something you literally sought somebody out and said, hey, would you be my mentor? Was it more of an informal relationship? How did that all come about? And how do you recommend people attach themselves with a mentor? Over the course of my career, I've had a number of, of, of mentors that I, I really followed and, and, and really listened to. Uh, some of the, my strongest mentors were those individuals for which I actually worked. Uh, uh, Tom Kingston, uh, who I worked for at Elizabethtown College and then at Philadelphia University, 
uh, throughout the early part of my career was very supportive in developing me uh, as, as a as a business officer and was very supportive in, in helping me you know find opportunities within the profession and I think if you go a step above uh, that you know working with presidents that are also uh, excellent mentors and, and providing you with the broader perspective and the operational perspective beyond the typical finance and accounting that we do as, as chief business officers uh, having the you know mentor at the presidential level and you know for me you know Jim Gallagher who is the president at Philadelphia University uh, for over 20 years, of which 16 I worked with him as a chief business officer. And then uh, upon his retirement, uh, Stephen Spinelli, uh, who is actually the founder of Jiffy Lube and also the founder of the Babson Babson School of Economics, uh, was the president that I worked with for you know four or five years and had a very entrepreneurial both of those presidents had a very entrepreneurial style, uh, very driven, and uh, it's just kind of just captured me and really motivated me to really become a part of that uh, and look for opportunities to advance the university, make changes, and make it stronger and a better place and, and, and a place where you know the educational program strengthened, the students' experience strengthened, the campus itself uh, from a physical standpoint um, you know, grew and expanded and improved. So it was a very exciting time for me uh, at, at Philadelphia University. Uh, in the years that I was there, and I think as a mentor, you know, both Tom Kingston uh, and the presidents of the of the university uh, really guided me and gave me that enthusiasm for you know for what we do in higher education. Well, and you're at a point in your career, I would imagine that you are also mentoring others as uh, you're looking to identify future leaders for the profession. So, what do you look for in somebody who might be a good CBO? What are the qualities that you think are really important? I think, you know, first of all, as I've always tried to, and when I had various uh, assistant vice president positions opened, I really wanted somebody that was uh, a broad thinker, but technically competent. Uh, I wanted somebody that wanted my job uh, and, and, and wanted to make sure that and make sure that they received the experience uh, to advance, you know, advance their career. And I've been fortunate over the years. I've had three individuals that work for me at various institutions as the assistant or associate vice president that have moved on to become chief business officers. And one is fact, in fact, is a currently a sitting president. Wow. Uh, so it, 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 you know, I, I take pride in the fact that, that I, I have had that level of talent work for me. And, you know, after, you know, providing a number of, of solid years uh, working for me, I want to support them and I want nothing more than for them to go out, run their own shop and have a successful career as, as a chief business officer. So that's always been something that I make very clear to individuals that work for me that, that I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you grow you know, professionally. I'm here to uh, provide you with the tools you will need to go out and, and be a successful chief business officers, officer at, an, at another institution um, someday or maybe at the institution where I'm at uh, as the one individual uh, who is my AVP uh, replaced me at Philadelphia University when I left there uh, five years ago. So it's, it's something I'm, I really have a strong uh, – uh, feeling for and and very much support because I think it's very important. I think it's also important to our profession and, and our industry as you look at the number of of chief business officers that will be retiring over the next 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 few years. Uh, we need to make sure uh, as good stewards of, of our uh, uh, industry and our profession that we are preparing um, you know uh, you know individuals to take over our roles as we as we move forward and, and as the opportunity exists. And and our role as chief business officers have become 
so much uh, more broad than than when I got into this business, you know, 38 years ago. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. And let's talk about what you're doing at Loyola currently. What are you most excited about that you're working on? The number of projects that we're that we're currently uh, rolling out, mm-hmm. uh, we're in the process of, of rolling out an e procurement system, which is really going to enhance the the buy and the management of of the way we buy at the university and mm-hmm. and provide the analytics uh, so that we can really determine, uh, you know, what we're spending, what, what and what we're spending it on, uh, which has become increasingly more important given the the stress on our industry and 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 trying to find uh, points of, of financial sustainability. Uh, I think we all know that the changing demographics, uh, the pressure from the public with regard to our pricing points, uh, have put us you know pretty much in the uh, the forefront of of conversations. And as a result, um, you know, the enrollment growth that we enjoy, the higher tuition rate increase that we enjoyed, you know, over the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, um, uh, that opportunity is, 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 is ended. And therefore, um, you know, and also with the, you know, affordability and access, you know, we've all seen our, our financial aid uh, costs rise um, over the last number of years. And therefore, there's less resources to support you know, our operations. So we need to make sure that we're we're operating sustainably uh, and that the economic model uh, that runs the university uh, provides you know the resources in order to continue to strengthen and advance our academic programs, attract and retain talented faculty so that we have a product uh, at a price point that uh, students are willing to buy and and uh, you know which leads to the continued success. Uh, of our our college and universities. What are you doing now or today that you never imagined you would have been doing ten years ago? Well, I, as I mentioned, you know, the role of the, of the chief business officer is 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 becoming um, more diverse. Uh, you know, expanded expectations uh, from the presidents uh, and from the the boards with regard to the work that we're doing. Um, and I think if if I look at you know some of the things that I've done over the years, that I said, wow, you know. I would have never expected to do that as, as a chief business officer. And I go back to um, some of the work at, at Philadelphia University uh, around uh, building projects or um, you know road projects in, in our community. And the university was located in, in a part of the city that had a lot of politicians. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so for example, Arlen Specter lived contiguous to our property. Ed Rendell, who's the, the mayor, and then later the governor, uh, lived contiguous uh, to our property. And Chaka Fatah, who was a congressman, lived next contiguous to our campus property. Wow. So, so anytime there was a, a building project or the one that comes to mind is, is a road widening project where one of the main you know, city roads that went through the, the center of our campus – um, they wanted the city wanted to you know widen it a bit, put in some curbing and and, and enhance the lighting, which would which ended up being very a very beautiful project. But there was some initial resistance, and you know one of the things I never would have thought I would have been doing as a chief, chief business officer is ro- walking a roadway with a, a senator, <laughs> a, a, a a mayor, and you know and other politicians walking the street with you know neighborhood uh groups 
discussing how wide the road should be and what type of what type of lighting should be in place. So that's you know that's one example of that's way outside the box with respect to debits and credits and and financial statements. So that was you know and it was a, it was a wonderful experience because you got to follow the you know the dynamics of, of of the neighborhoods, the dynamics of how the politicians you know deal with the public or deal with you know uh, organizations such as, as as a university. So it was it was a very uh, very fun and interesting process, but something that I never would have envisioned having to do as a chief business officer. You you mentioned that the CBO role has expanded over the years. Can you talk a little bit more about that? How 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 has it expanded in your view? I guess you know going back when I when I began my role was a chief business officer your 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 work related to you know making sure that the budget was balanced making sure that the annual audit financial statements were completed you know managing and, and providing oversight to the endowment um, and then you know as as the pressures of higher ed um, developed and there's you know working with uh, the campus community to find you know, ways to reduce costs uh, ways to look f- uh, at, at um, new ways of proceeding that would make the university operate on a on a much uh, higher functioning level um, you know going you know going forward so so I think you know the you know the you know the boards and the presidents look to us for you know not only you know what the university is doing operationally, but what are the what are the impact what is the impact of that, or how you know how can we look for ways to improve what we do um, you know across the university? So we're being pulled into we're being pulled into more of the conversations uh, than than what we may have uh, earlier you know earlier in my career or uh, a number of years ago. What would you say is the biggest challenge that faces all CBOs today? The biggest challenge is again not to to be repetitive, but you know uh, as you look at the the economic model or, or the way we operate as a college university, I think our challenge is, is going to be look for ways to uh, change the culture, uh, change the business model or the economic model of, of how we you know how we deliver how we deliver our, our our education, and I think that's you know something that the chief business officer is going to have to be. Uh, the catalyst for the, and, and lead those conversations and, and lead those you know those oppor- you know lead the university toward toward those oppor- those opportunities, and that's not going to be met you know uh, you know with you know welcome open arms. I you know I know when I arrived five years ago, I wanted to um, make sure that we were being good stewards of our facilities and we were not budgeting for funded depreciation. Uh, so I work very closely with the, the the finance committee, the board, who and the president, who fully supported the initiative, and we put in in in, in place a plan over multiple years to add a million and a half dollars to our operating budget uh, to get funded depreciation up up to an amount that's equal to our annual expense on our financial statements, and we're making progress. But when you make those decisions, you know it's all about trade-offs. Mm. So so how do you how do you communicate to the campus community? The need to be doing this, develop the understanding, and and do it in a very transparent and, and open way, and and so that that initiative can be can be seen as a priority, and supported. Uh, all the while, you're looking at you know your salaries and benefits, and 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 you know they may not increase at the uh, at the at the same rate while you're trying to address other priorities and getting the support of the campus community and get in you know, developing the understanding as to why certain things are chosen as a priority uh, is something that 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 the chief business officer must do 
but it's you know it's it's challenging and and you got to prepare be prepared to you know provide clear and understandable responses to their questions uh, and be transparent um, and I think you know if you follow those those guidelines uh, you can accomplish what you're trying to accomplish in a very successful way and be respectful to the other needs and the other uh, items that the campus community uh, wants to advance to you know support their areas or to make things uh, to improve things on on your campus. Anything else you'd like to share that I've neglected to ask today, Randy? Looking at the career paths and, and that, that we take uh, as chief business officers, I think really finding ways to uh, encourage young professionals to see the the merits in our in our profession and 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 providing the mentoring opportunities that that allow that market to to open up uh, more broadly I think is 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 important and critical to our profession and to our roles within within higher education so I guess looking for ways to really continue to promote uh, the, the the career path of, of, a, of a CBO uh, gain a, a broader interest uh, within the profession so that, you know, uh, college universities are serviced well uh, in the future and, and continue to be uh, uh, very uh, successful in, in their, their business and economical uh, models. Well, thank you so much, Randy, for your time today and for sharing just a little bit of your personal story with us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. You can find out more about Randy and today's episode by visiting the distance learning section of nakubo.org. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks in iTunes so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Randy and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education.